Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. Good morning, everybody. You doing well? Come on, can we just give it up for the new friends and family that are here today? Looking across this place, I can see so many people and you're here for the first time and, and uh, I think you've come on a great day, actually. I think you've come on a day when you can really see how much God means to people and how much the gospel means to people and we are in no way uh, embarrassed or trying to keep this a secret. We love our God and, and we're going to invest in His kingdom and in His purposes and so I think you've come on a fantastic day. So welcome those of you who are new here today. We're so honoured to have you. Well, as you would know, this is our Miracle Offering Sunday. We've been doing this for a long time now and uh, You know, everything that Lifehouse Church is doing in this place, in West Meadows and in the East and around the world, in Poznan, uh, is because of people's generosity. I'd love to say we have a government that write us million dollar checks every year, but that's not the way it works in our country. And I'm not sure of any country that works that way. Um, This is the generosity and the sacrifice of God's people. And and I I think that's amazing. And so so we're about to uh, embark on a whole lot of things in this place and a lot of... uh, uh, projects, and one of the main ones is about to happen right on the other side of this wall, and that's stage two uh, for for North Campus. Um, and so, again, I just want to just show you just a couple of pics here, and there's a reason why I'm showing you these. Uh, and here they come. We're not building that, okay? That's 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 a little bit too expensive. Um, there they are. Sorry, they're up on the IMAX. There you go. So that's that's our new foyer that's coming um, with a mezzanine floor that's going right across that next one. Um, then that's going to be the mezzanine floor itself, which will give us some extra uh, bathrooms, um, a multifunctional room over there in the corner. And then over to the right-hand side, there's going to be a mini auditorium, which is going to be great. So these are just some of the things that we're investing in. We're also investing in our children's ministry. So that's going to be completely rebuilt at the back there with a multi-sensory room, okay, for special needs children. Okay, and that's going to be a game changer for our city. It's going to be amazing. You know, we are already getting phone calls about that. When, when is it going to be built? We, uh, you know, we want to be able to bring people. Uh, family members are already asking about it. So that's, that's going to be absolutely brilliant. Um, is there anything else there, guys? And then, oh, yeah, we get a remodeled cafe. And that's just for me, okay? All right, everyone knows how much I love cafes. So we thought, let's just give him a new one. Um, but uh, we'll see how far we can get with that. But, uh, you know, money permitting, then we will do that. Now, the reason I'm showing you all those pics again is because I did this a while ago, but some people weren't here to hear it. Um, obviously, that needs to be built. It's, we are not going to be doing it on a volunteer basis, if that's okay with you. We want to knock it out pretty quickly. Um, so what we want to do is just pay the trades to get it done. Do we all agree? Amen. Thank you for agreeing with me. Um, and so what we're going to do is we want to obviously, uh, you know, that we've got trades in our church. We are so blessed. I think we've got every trade in our church to build that. Um, now, some of them are, are smaller operators and they probably couldn't build something like that. But if you are in that category, we would love you to go to Next Steps and register your interest if you want to, quote, building that. Okay, now we're very smart because we know that you're a tither and we're going to get some of that back. Okay, so... Sorry, was I just a bit too honest there? Okay, is that all right? We want to see you blessed, why not? But listen, you've got to sharpen that pencil a little, okay? All right, nothing for free around here. Um, so if you want to quote the job, please 
go ahead and do that. And uh, so go to Next Steps and register your interest. We will send you the plans and then you can quote the job. Is that okay? Okay, because apparently some people missed that last time we said it and we don't want you to feel like you have missed out. Are we all good? Okay, why don't you bow your heads and let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person in this place. This is your house. God, you are so welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, come in power. Let us leave this place saying it was good to be in the house of God in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. At the end of this service, we will be taking up our miracle offering. And um, we call it a miracle offering because God does miracles through it. And um, so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to be collecting that, but we are going to be doing that uh, during a, a, a song because we don't want to rush this. We don't want to rush it. We want you to do it with a full heart, knowing what you're doing and really connecting with God. Amen. So, so we're going to do that all together. Uh, in a moment, let me, let me just get a few things out here so I can really encourage you as to what it is that we are doing. I don't know about you, but um, actually, I'm sure this is the case with you, but have you ever noticed that there are some fragrances that the minute you just, you know, smell that aroma or that fragrance, it just takes you back to a time? Does anyone ever have that? I know that for my wife, every time I cut the grass... She grew up on acreage and her dad used to cut the grass a lot on Saturdays. And whenever I cut the grass, my wife just transcends to a different place. Like, I'm serious, like she just goes to a different place. And and so I just take a long time cutting that grass, you know what I mean? I just, you know, sometimes I even throw the grass clippings up into the air to try and create a bit more of an aroma of of the grass clippings. You know, have you noticed that, that, that different sense? I know that for some of you, your dad was a carpenter. And so for you, the smell of timber... You know, um, it does, it just takes you back to a place, a beautiful place of you hugging your dad maybe when you were younger. Um, I know for, for some of you, it's, it's just a good smell of coffee. You know, does, does anyone appreciate the aroma of coffee? You know, I, I, someone should just make a fragrance called coffee. I, I would wear that thing. Um, fragrances are beautiful. What about, I know that for some of you guys in here, the smell of two-stroke petrol. You're gone. Done. Give me some two-stroke petrol that takes you back to a great place of, Illegal activities and a whole lot of stuff. You know, when, when Helen and I, when we, for our 20th anniversary, we went to Paris. And while we were in Paris, we both bought some fragrances. And I bought a fragrance, which I'm going to leave anonymous. I'm not going to tell you what it is, and I'll tell you why. Because whenever she smells that fragrance, I'm telling you, She could be tired, worked a hard day, it doesn't matter what, but as soon as she goes around that corner and I get that fragrance out, she comes back around and she's like... <sighs> now, you re- you know, really, that's, that's actually an unfair advantage that I've got there, right there, because like, I've used about 18 bottles of that stuff. I just walk around all day, the poor, the poor girl, she doesn't even know what's hitting her, she doesn't even know why it happens. And I can't tell you what the fragrance is because you never know. Maybe. So I'll just keep it to myself right there, okay? Aromas do that to us as humans, doesn't it? Well, I've got to tell you, did you know that God also has an aroma that He loves? And the Bible talks about it over and over and over again. There is an aroma that God loves and, and, and He loves it so much. And we actually read about it. I'll just show you one of the times. And we find it in the Old Testament, for example, Leviticus chapter 3, verse 5. 
it says, And Aaron's sons shall burn it, it's talking about the sacrifice, on the altar upon the burnt sacrifice, which is on the wood, which is on the fire. There's a lot of ons going on here. Um, as an offering made by fire. So it's talking about a lamb on a fire. And then it says, this, this sacrifice is a sweet aroma to the Lord. When God smells that lamb sacrifice, the Bible is saying that when God smells it, it's like God goes, oh, that smells so sweet. And we may think, God, really? Do you love Savlaki that much? Like, do you love lamb that much, God? Like, is that what this whole thing is about? Like, no. What does that sacrifice remind God of? Okay, because remember I said fragrances take us to a place. Do you know, whenever God in the Old Testament would smell a lamb sacrifice, do you know, it would take him straight to the sacrifice that his son would make one day for you and for me that would bring us home, that would give us a relationship with him. That's what he loves about that aroma. It's not that lamb, it's the lamb of God that it now represents And God loves the aroma of sacrifice because it reminds Him of something greater. Are you hearing this? So let me just give you a definition about sacrifice because I wanna talk to you about the aroma of sacrifice. The aroma of sacrifice, the fragrance of sacrifice. Have a look at what the definition is of sacrifice. I don't know whether they've got it up there on the screen, but if not, I'll read it out to you. It's this, wait for it, the surrender of something prized or desirable for the sake of something considered as having a higher or more pressing claim. A sacrifice is when you take something that you love, but you give it away for something that you perceive to be even greater. Something that you desire, but you desire something even more, so you sacrifice what you've got in order to get the greater, right now, okay, so you're all going, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, now watch this. We all know that Jesus sacrificed his life. Jesus took his life, which was pretty dear to him. God sacrificed his son, which was, who was very dear to him, why? For something greater. Friends, the greater is you. The greater is me. The greater is us having a relationship with God. Jesus laid down His precious life for something that was greater, which is to have a relationship with you and with me. I I don't know of anything else that I can tell you that is more exciting, more powerful than you matter. You matter to God. He gave His life so that He could have the greater, which is to have us for oppressing for the sake of something considered as having a higher or more pressing claim. Today's our miracle offering day. And we are gonna make a huge sacrifice. I would hope you would. But why do we do this? Because we honestly believe there is a higher and there is a more pressing claim. Why would we part with our hard earned money? Why would we part with our hard earned time? Why would we part with so much that means so much to us? because we believe there is something higher. Friends, what is that higher thing? Friends, we want people to experience the forgiveness and the love of God. That is the higher pressing. Why would we part with anything? Because we believe that God can somehow use this and achieve something greater 
and higher out of it. And I've got to tell you right now, we don't even need faith to believe that. God is already doing it in this place. He's taking our little and He is doing a lot with it and changing people's lives from day to day and week to week and year to year. Amen. Come on, give someone a high five if you know what I'm talking about. Something higher, something more pressing. Do you know, I often get asked, and here it is, I'm going to brag on you a little bit. Can I just brag on you a little bit? No? No? Hey, come on, guys, you've got to get a bit louder, otherwise I'm going to walk off the stage in a minute. Can I brag on you a little bit? We have had pastors from all over the country come to our church just recently, and we were doing a network lunch with them and just trying to tell them how we do things around here. And I've got to tell you, as impressive as everything is around this place, that's not what captured their attention. What captured their attention was the servant-heartedness of our people. What captured them was your attitude, the way you guys just give and give and you do it with a smile and you serve God. And one of, these were the questions that they were asking. Pastor Richard, how, how do you get people to commit themselves to the kingdom as they do at Lifehouse? That's their question to me. They're talking about you. They're not just talking about me. How do you get them to do that? Pastor Richard, why do young and older people, mature people, serve in kids' world? Why do they do that? Because I think they're happy to sacrifice because it's something higher and more pressing out going on out there. Why do, why do people come here at 7 a.m. or whatever time they get here to set up instruments? Because the worship of God is higher and it's a more pressing. Are you getting this? Everything that we're doing, Pastor Richard, why do people give so sacrificially? You know, you know our reputation as a church has gone out around the nation, to be honest. And I've had messages come in all, all day today from people saying, go for it. You go, Lifehouse. You're building a reputation for being a sacrificial people, guys. I, I can't think of something better that you are known for than to be a people who are willing to sacrifice. Let me tell you why we're doing this. Come on, I'm going to put it up on the screen. Some of you have seen the vision statement of this church. Some of you may not. But here it is. We believe that God has called Lifehouse to be. Can we read it out together? A Jesus-centred church full of grace and truth, reaching and equipping all generations around the world. Friends, that's what we're doing. We're not just having a good time here, hanging out together as much as good as all that is. We need to realise what it is that God has called us to be. We're going to be a large, Jesus-centred church full of grace and truth. Forgiveness is the grace Truth is, we believe that God's got a purpose for your life and you, we are going to make sure that you fulfil the destiny of God on your life. This is what we're trying to do. But not, listen, not just in Melbourne, but around the world. We've got a vision that we want to plant 10 churches in 10 years. Anywhere in the world that God calls us to. Listen, we need leaders. We need youth leaders. We need kids world leaders. We need great baristas. We need great baristas. We need great... It will not be a Lifehouse Church with bad coffee, oh, right? That's just, okay, the line has to be drawn somewhere, friends, okay? Listen, we've got, a, we've got a calling in this church. This is why we do what we do. And listen, we were talking like this in year one and then year two. Some of you were not even a part of this place. Aren't you glad that someone gave before you? That this church could be what it is today? This church didn't happen overnight. It happened through the, through the faithfulness of a small team who just said, we believe that God has called us to be that. And you know, back then, people would have thought, really? You're really believing that? Yeah, we did. 
We did, and we sort of almost said it embarrassingly. These days, no one would question us making a statement like that because a bunch of people just chose to believe it. I'm just wondering, am I, am I in a room full of people that are believing for the next, that God has got more for us as a church? We are moving forward. There's room for you. Amen. But listen, if we're going to do this, it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us. Today, we are specifically talking about the miracle offering, but it's going to cost us every area of our life. We know that. But, you know, King David understood this. He, one day he saw an angel come and this angel was destroying the land. And where he saw the angel stop, he chose to buy that land because you always invest where death stops. So he wanted to invest in the land where he saw the angel of death stop. Have a look at what it says. First Chronicles chapter 21. It says, David said to him, he's talking to the man that owns the land. He says, let me have the side of your threshing floor so that I can build an altar to the Lord that the plague on the people may be stopped. And then he says this, please sell it to me at the full price. Now, there's a lot of Europeans in this room. Your brain didn't even understand those words, right? You didn't register what he just said there, right? You've never ever, you you don't understand that concept, but I'll, I'll explain it to you. I'm sure I'll explain What he's saying is, what the guy wanted for it, King David was happy to pay it. He wasn't going to take any shortcuts. He didn't want to bargain. He just wanted to pay what the land was worth. Why? Because he actually tells us further on, keep going, guys, keep going. He tells us, yeah, don't worry about that so much. And then the next part he says, but King David replied, listen, I insist on paying the full price because I'm not going to take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing come on if we're going to see God do something in our nation it's going to cost us something and we are happy to come everyone should be clapping yeah amen I agree with that Pastor Richard there is nothing for nothing the only reason we have got something from nothing for nothing from Jesus is because he paid the full price that's the only reason we get the gospel for nothing now listen this is our turn you know Jesus physical body paid the price for us to receive the gospel. Did you know now it's the, 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 the price that his spiritual body pays, the church, that actually brings the gospel to others? Yeah. Are you hearing that? See, so Jesus has paid the price once in his physical body to deal with sin. Now we have to pay the price to get the gospel out. And that's just simply how it works. I love the heart of King David. You know, the, the, King David was loved by God. That's one of the reasons he loved him. Do you know, sacrifice is such an important thing. Can I tell you what sacrifice's other name is? His other name is generosity. And generosity's other name is sacrifice. Do you know, I know lots of people who are very, very, very wealthy and their kids are not feeling the love of the parents. And you may think, why? Why don't those kids feel the love of the parents? They are so generous to them. They're so generous to them. Why aren't those kids feeling the love? I can tell you why. Because the kids know, although my parents are being generous, what they've done for us hasn't been a sacrifice for them. In all honesty, yes, you've been generous, but they know, yeah, but that's come out of your abundance. You haven't really had to sacrifice for me. And you know, when you don't have to sacrifice, people don't feel the love. We feel God's love because we experience his sacrifice for us. It wasn't easy for him to die. And I want to tell you right now, do you know when God looks into this place, do you know you can give out of your abundance? And God says, yeah, that's nice, thanks. But the truth is, was it a sacrifice? 
because that's the part. See, I love that because now we're not talking about the amount anymore. Was it a sacrifice? Do you know for one of our business guys, I'm going to be honest with you, you for one of our business guys to be out there making coffees, do you know how busy that guy is? Do you know he could be at home doing paperwork, he's running a multi-million dollar business, but he comes and sacrifices a little bit of time that he's got. Do you know, he doesn't give us much time, but do you know it's more of a sacrifice for him to do that than for some of our younger people to come and make a coffee for us? Are you hearing that it's not about the amounts? It's not about the amount of time or the amount of money. How much sacrifice are you willing to make? Because that's actually what God sees. He sees the sacrifice. And I just want us to ask a really honest question to ourselves. When was the last time you really, really sacrificed? See, we call this the Julia Gullia effect. They don't know who I'm talking about. They don't remember the wedding singer with Adam Sandler. Remember that? He was the wedding singer. Remember Julia? She was going to marry a guy, and if she married him, she would have been known as Julia Gullia. Remember that? Do you remember when she actually had the epiphany, the moment that she thought, this guy's not for me? Do you remember this? She had the moment when they were catching a plane to go get married, and he sat beside the window. And she said, can I sit there? And he goes, oh, come on, babe, let me sit here. And then she had the moment, you've never sacrificed for me. Hey, listen, never, never let your partner have the horrible realisation that you've actually never sacrificed for them. It's not a great day when your partner works out, you know, when I think about it, we've watched every movie you want to watch. We only go to dinner where you want to go. We only, are you hearing me? Am I I speaking to someone? There's a lot of elbowing going on right now, okay? (laughs) Hey, listen, it's a horrible day when you realise that even though you're married, even though you're going out with someone, listen, you may even just be in a friendship, but really, if you were honest, there's no sacrifice going on. Listen, let's never let our relationship with God ever be that way. Let's, let's, let's never let God have the realisation. Can I, can I be honest with you? You've never sacrificed for me. Like, I know you love me, but come on, when was the last time you sacrificed? And this, this is not just in the area of finance. I, I did notice, I did notice, I was quite impressed when I turned around and I saw people giving to God the sacrifice of praise. Why is it called a sacrifice? Because sometimes you just don't want to raise your hands. Sometimes it's like, well, that's my but you know what, you, you, you do it, you just do it, why? Because it's a sacrifice. You just do what God deserves because He is worthy, whether you feel like it, whether you don't, you do it. It's a sacrifice, amen? Let's be a sacrificial church. Do you remember when that lady was putting the coins into the offering? This is what the Bible says about that moment. It says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and the Bible says, and He saw how the people put money into the treasury. Did you notice it doesn't say what they put into the treasury? Jesus says he saw how. What was Jesus looking for? Were they giving sacrificially or were they just giving out of their abundance? That's what actually concerns him. And as we know, this woman didn't put much in, but the Bible says she actually gave more than everybody because she actually gave sacrificially. And I'm just challenging all of you because Helen and I, we are in the same boat. When we think about what we are going to give into the miracle offering, we don't give what's comfortable because there's no sacrifice in that. And you know, if if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it until it gets to the place where God says, whoo, wow, that was sacrificial. Come on, bring it on. Can I ever repay God for my salvation? We're not talking about that. I'm not trying to repay anything. I'm just saying, God, I'm so thankful. I'm just so humbled. I'm just so honoured that I even get to do this with my life. 
And we just want to be sacrificial. So here's the question for all of us. Do you have the spirit of sacrifice? Or are we just doing what's convenient and abundant? Is this okay? Yeah, Yeah, everyone's thinking about it. That's great. You keep thinking about it. Because this is what I heard from a guy once. I was trying to get this guy to take me to the gym. Probably wasn't a great idea because his name's Josh. Right? I'll show you a picture of Josh. I said, Josh, can you take me to the gym and help me sort of work out? And so some of you have seen Josh. Do we have a picture of Josh there? There's Josh. So I went to a cafe just, recent, just close by with Josh. He walked in. I walked in. You sort of realise who you are when you're walking next to someone like that. <laughs> and you realise how far you've gotten. And uh, so we're sitting there and I said, Josh, look, I want to just put on a little bit of muscle because, you know, I'm getting a bit old. I want to stay strong. And he goes, yeah, yeah, so tell me what you're doing. So I told him what I was doing uh, when it comes to the gym. And this is what he said to me. He goes, how many reps are you doing? Does everyone know what a rep is? Like, how many repetitions are you doing when you... And I said, I don't know, between 8 to 12. And, he's, and, then, he, and then he made this statement. Are you ready for it? He goes, you know it only starts to count when it burns. Did you hear that? It only starts to count when it burns. In other words, and this is what he says. He goes, so start counting when it's burning. So in other words, if you've got to do 10 reps and you do those first 10 reps really easily, but then it's the 11th that really hurts and then you only do two more from that point, you've only actually only done two reps. But that's okay because those two reps will help you to grow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you know, you, but listen, that obviously makes sense because I could get this microphone and if I was to hold it, I, I, could, I, could, I could do that all day. And think, I did 48 reps. And you'd go, yeah, but you're not going to get any bigger. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you know, I think with God, honestly, I think when it comes to Him, I think, I think when, we, when it comes to our giving, I think it only counts from the burning wow. stage. Let me tell you what the burning is. Oh, I could be buying some furniture of this. But I need a new car. God says, God goes, ooh, it's burning. Look how much it's burning. Hey, listen, I'll tell you when you know it's burning. When your flesh says, I don't want to do this, but your spirit says, but I am. Right? If your flesh doesn't freak out a little bit, I'm going to tell you now, I've never seen someone doing those last two reps going. It doesn't look like that. I'll show you how it looks. That's how it looks. So today, I'm expecting some faces like that. I'm expecting a little bit of that today. Because if you're just going... But the Lord says that we ought to be cheerful. Yeah, cheerful on the inside, not cheerful on the outside, okay? (laughs) There should be a few tears going on today, right? Because let's be honest, Helen and I, we're still waiting for some artwork on our walls. But the miracle offering just keeps coming around. And it just keeps coming around. But I tell you what, every Sunday we see hands go up. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise if you're hearing what I'm saying. So I think most of us would remember the story, most of us remember the story of a woman who went to dinner with Jesus. Around the table were all the disciples who were all forgiven of sin, just like she was. They were all forgiven, they were all loved. Jesus loved them all. But this one woman comes and the Bible says that she takes a bottle of the equivalent of Chanel. It was even more expensive. It was a year's wages 
So can anyone shout out a perfume that's worth a year's wages? Does anyone know of one? I don't even know of one. Dupe? Someone said dupe. I don't think it's dupe. Okay. I don't think it's dupe. Someone said Pinot Pino Sylvester. You're going, you're going back to the 90s now. Please stop it. This woman, listen, she, she, took, she took perfume that was worth a year's wages. So in Australia, this perfume was worth about $55,000. And the Bible says that she broke this jar that it was in and she broke it and she put it on Jesus' feet, on his feet. And you know what the other disciple said? What a waste of money that was. Hey, listen, it's, it's a good thing when the people around you go, you, you gave what? Now, you might not even tell anybody, but if they did find out, there should be a bit of a reaction, like, you gave what? Because that's what this girl got. But listen, I want to ask you a question. Do you know of anyone else in the Bible that Jesus said what they did will be remembered for all eternity? Do you know of anyone else? I don't know of anyone else except for Jesus himself. Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached, which is going to be preached until the end of time, I think it even goes into eternity because he's always the lamb that was slain, right? So for, forever, we are going to remember what that woman did. I don't know about you, but I want to sort of get into that company. I want to get into the company of, of a person who did something that was just ridiculous. Is this okay? Is this, are you, is this all right with you? All I'm, all I'm trying to say is, listen, this is the miracle offering day. And we want to see miracles. Miracles take sacrifice. You've always got to part with something for a miracle to take place. The little boy's lunch, and then there was a miracle. Fill the water up, the jugs with water, then there was a miracle. There's always going to take something for God to do a miracle. So in Jesus' name, why are we doing this? Because we're building a house of hope. We're building a building for breakthrough. Amen. Come on. We are building a place where the gospel will be preached, where people's lives will be changed. And I tell you what, we will step into eternity one day and we will not regret one thing that we have ever done for the gospel of Jesus to go out across the earth. Amen. Hi, I'm Richard Kabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now, and if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you. that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.